Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast, where we help business founders and sales leaders understand and overcome the challenges of building high-performing sales teams. Welcome to the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. My name is Josh Sweeney. And I'm Taylor Barnes. And today we're going to be talking about the effects of upper management on sales culture. So Taylor, I know uh, upper management can really make or break sales culture. There's all kinds of things that they do uh, from setting crazy quotas with without the people to fill them yes. um, to uh, really being engaged on a positive side and, and having some oversight and really being bought into the systems and processes yeah. and reinforcing that with managers. There's all kinds of ways it can go good or bad. So you know, share a story with us around how it can go really well. How, yeah. how can... How can upper management affect sales culture in a positive way? I think the word engaged that you use in that intro was just about as good of a word as you can use. <laughs> so here's an example. Uh, you know, uh, CEO uh, of our organization, uh, his name's Derek. He is incredibly good at remembering opportunities that he might hear about in, in passing or if he refers someone over, uh, you know, from a web lead or, or what have you, what he does extremely well, given how busy that guy is at all times doing massive organizational things, he will come right back to those flag notes in his system and he will say, hey, how's that opportunity going with XYZ? Hey, did you ever follow up with that person? Hey, did you ever do this and that? The fact that someone at his level is, is following up with an individual salesperson and taking interest in the development of either that opportunity or that relationship, I've heard that goes that goes so far beyond what what you understand until you're involved in yeah. it because they're going to be like, how did Derek remember that? So just to clarify, this is upper management following up on deals, but in a good way, yeah. right? Because I can hear, I can think of a lot of ways that that can go wrong, mm, where it's coming across like, why is this guy overseeing what I'm doing and questioning everything? Yeah, or bypassing the sales manager and the sales manager has an issue with it because they're not, you know, letting them do the job. Good point. So in, in your Good situation, point. it's done in a positive way. So, Correct. so how does he do that in a positive way that doesn't make all the feelings that I just talked about come up? Yeah. Um, you know, a human to human interpersonal skills potentially is part of it. Uh, his tone, um, the way he communicates and asks, uh, you know, basically people understanding, you know, who he is and how he is, I think is a big important that. And, you know, to your point, taking a step back and just having, you know, the kind of character that he does, uh, just when he opens his mouth, the individual knows it's not going to be a negative thing. Okay. You know? So they just so, know by his demeanor, the way he works. Yeah. It's, it's more of a genuine interest. Genuine engagement. It's genuine engagement yeah. instead of questioning or skeptical or micromanaging. Or micromanaging. Yeah. Okay. It, that's, I'm so glad it's you all clarified about style that. in this It point. is. In this okay. example, it's all about style. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Now, I've also seen it go poorly. So let's talk about the other yeah. way because like, when I heard some of those things, I'm sitting there thinking like I can – I'm thinking of all the ways like this is a bad thing. Yeah. You're talking about how it's a good experience, yeah. right? So you know, we talked about skeptical, you know, just a poor experience. What are some of the other ways that, that upper management can really have a negative impact on yep. sales culture? So, so the most common one that I see, especially in sales organizations, is – let's see. It's almost uh, – 
I don't know. It's almost March, right? So early next week or early then the week. There'll be a lot of late thrashing for the quarter. That's right. There's <laughs> okay. going to be a late thrashing. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Right. But even worse, <laughs> even worse than that is going to be it's March 1st. Let's all get together and let me read off the numbers from February. And Got then it. we're going to be dismissed. And let me tell you what that does. Now, this is not to say that reviewing your performance is bad. Obviously, that is good. But what I am saying is that a sales team does not need upper management to schedule a meeting to go over a number that they are already well aware happened or did not happen. So let me try and make sure I'm painting the picture, the visual in my head, right? Yeah. So you have a sales team and they have a sales manager and then you have somebody from upper management. Right. And the person in upper management calls a sales meeting yes. to basically review the numbers for February and then you know they kind of rotely go through it and dismiss them. That's it. I that, see that, that happening sound, okay. all the time. Now why they do that is because most of the time, I think it's just because historically that's what's happened. Now, if you were going to have other things involved, such as highlighting the bright spots, yeah. and maybe that's it, and then going into here's what's coming up this month, here's you know the the deal highlight of the of the month, and you know really progressive things, making it an award show, yeah, top well, top salesperson exactly. for February, that's everybody claps, that's great, right. everybody gets up and claps, hundred percent. But you're seeing ones where none of that's involved they yeah. read off the numbers and dismiss them that's it that sounds terrible that is a bad <laughs> okay. bad example of of what of what happens so for for those for those sales leaders and upper management out there that are you know calling meetings to go over numbers and whatnot just be cognizant of the fact that a sales team knows exactly how good or bad that they did okay they know exactly what happened yeah. now again it's not to say that you shouldn't provide some sort of cadence to review, adjust, perform, excel. Of course you should, but you cannot expect it to go over well if you bring somebody in a meeting to talk about what they already know. And that's it. If Got you it. want to if, if you want to advise the salesperson, if you want to strategize, if you want to maybe change the individual, you know, performance metrics that you're talking about, okay, well that's a strategy session. That's different. But if you're just bringing them in to go over a hey, you did $10,000. You are 92% of your number or you are 36% of your number. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, I already know that. Thank you for telling me how good or bad I did. You know what right. I mean? And, and, and maybe sometimes you want to bring them in to publicly praise them. That's great. No problem. But if you're doing that, for the team, and you've got a couple underperformers in the in the room. That's just, publicly criticized. You just shut them. You down. just crushed them. Their quarter's done. Yeah, right there. It's completely right. demotivating. Yeah. So, you, people have to be careful. There is there is an argument to say, well, if I make these numbers public, that's going to motivate them to do better. There's an argument, right? Yeah. yeah. But what I'm what I'm seeing, well, creating competition right. around certain yeah. aspects of that is a good thing, but Absolutely. it's all in how it's delivered. That's exactly right. All in how it's delivered. Because the last thing somebody's going to want to do as a salesperson who's doing everything they can to succeed is to look at a whiteboard with a bunch of people in the room and see his <laughs> right. name at the bottom of the list. All their colleagues are like number zero. Look at it, number there. zero, right, right there. there. You know, if you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. That's it. That's it. <laughs> And that's the 
Okay, so I, I think you nailed it. I think it's about how you deliver an idea. And, and again, I don't want this to come across like reviewing previous performance is a bad thing. It is a great thing, but it has to be delivered in either a lessons learned, different strategy, progressive thinking, public praise point of view, and not be construed yeah. as public criticism by just reading off something that might not have gone well for him or her the month before. Yeah, and I was trying to think of kind of like how some of this happens, right? Because when we talk about it like this, it sounds obvious, right? Yeah. But when you really look at people um, and who they are, uh, like I have an engineering background. I have kind of a, a generally a matter-of-fact style. Okay. And if I'm reading something like that, uh, it's just an update. It kind of is what it is. There's, you know, there's a different, there's just a style behind, you know, are they extroverted, introverted? Are they detail-oriented? You know, what is that person's methodology? Mm. And so I know that that can be a challenge for some sales managers to like step outside of themselves and say, well, you know, how does this really come across? Yeah. And I know I've been working on that myself. Mm. You know, I, when I first did one of my first podcasts, I had, um, you know, I recorded the first session and they played back the video to me and I'm like, yeah, I look like, you know, dead man walking up in there. Like I <laughs> yeah. had no energy. Just and a I doofus. Felt, I felt like I was, you yeah. know, arms were waving yeah. and it was great. And I was like, that is horrible. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think there's a certain amount of awareness around how how you're personally coming across to the oh, team. Oh man, yeah. Because because there could be some intent that the meaning's a lot better than yeah. it is, but it's not, right? When yeah. you see your own video, you're like, wow. Wow, I'm Did not I see seeing that? very well. Did I look <laughs> right. like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to just understand like what do we think causes some of those challenges that the the founders listening and the the sales leaders listening like, you know, do you have to get your mind in another place and say, you know, it's not really my job just to go out and say the numbers to do a recap. It's my job to uh, share the numbers in a way that's collaborative and that motivates them. And I actually need to step into a different frame of mind right. and make this a hoorah session, right? Like, um, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. one of my favorite movies, you know, especially if you like sales, like get up there and you're pumping people up, that's right. right? It's rah-rah. It doesn't have to be all that, of course. Right. Um, you know, that might, might not work from an HR <laughs> perspective. Probably not very <laughs> HR friendly. Right. Yeah. But, but there is some, some semblance of what is the personality involved and why – so why do you think yeah. some of that happens? Why do you think somebody ends up giving a dry, demotivating recap other than that's the way they used to do it? Well, I think, I think you know, number one, that that's the way that they used to do it. Number two, I think they think of it as a motivator. I think they might think of it as a – as you mentioned earlier, a competition. So what I will say is, you know, being in that position and anybody that's been in sales and it's listening knows that they're in this position, they always want to be top dog. So you're if, if they think it's a motivator because they show that you're in fifth place or last place and they're like, they're going to see that they're in last place and they're going to be motivated to go to the top. That's right. That's right. what a lot of sales managers think. When but they there's probably it. bands for that, right? I would think yeah. like if you took a list of 10 salespeople, like the top three are probably like that. Four through six mm. probably have have a lot of that. Yeah. Seven through ten, you're actually flipping it to demotivate. That's probably. it. Would that be the case? No, exactly. I think okay. you, I think you nailed it, and that and that's really the psychology of how some of those recap meetings go. And so, sales managers have got to be I'm not really sales managers, but upper management's got to be careful if they want to get involved and do some sort of review session. A hack that I would give everybody out there is to prepare for that meeting carefully because that's an effective meeting that you're about to have. If you're going to go into that meeting 
and you're going to show your face and you're going to and you're going to lead a meeting well then people are going to show up on time they're going to be there out yeah. of respect for who you are yeah. so whatever you say they're going to take to heart now if you want to do a recap and call out some things then make that item number one on your personal agenda and then two three four whatever you want state of the union stuff you know talk about you know highlights of the month maybe some changes or whatever and then five you have got to leave that meeting in a very high energy you know progressive just an injection shot of confidence into the organization yeah that states something along the lines of you know assuming you're a month-to-month organization like a lot of sales organizations are yeah this month has come and gone it is now march We've got 10 months left. Let's go crush Let's it. go get it. Yeah. You know? And like you said, rah, rah, leave it. But that's my takeaway from right. a lot of these, you know, so that's management. So that's the sale. That's how, you know, upper management affects sales culture with this example yeah. of the list and just kind of, you know, dispassionate updates from upper management. Right. right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of other ways that sales or that management, upper management can affect sales culture, right? So one that comes to mind immediately, I think I I alluded to it in a previous podcast episode is uh, making up making up quotas or making up uh, yeah. the, the sales goal. Yeah. So like I've seen this time and time again where we go into an organization like, okay, what are the sales goals? And we back into those numbers and start to look at like the number of activities that lead to an opportunity mm-hmm. and the number of opportunities that lead to a sale. And all of a sudden like the sales goal went, for, went up 20% the next quarter or the next year, but the number of resources didn't change. Right. So have you seen that where like – you know, the sales, the sales goal that management's passing down, you know, and, and the culture of how they manage that has had an impact. Yeah. And, uh, I have now, I would say there's probably, uh, nine or 10 or maybe 10 out of 10 organizations are going to set the bar high for their individuals based on their previous year's performance. So if someone did a million dollars in 2019, their quota in 2020 might be a million five. Now, there is a generally speaking, that's a good thing to sit to, to to raise the bar high. However, arbitrarily throwing that number out there without any justification or without reviewing what their accounts performance has been, or without reviewing his pipeline on those specific accounts that he or she is managing, then that, you're setting yourself up for a mutual disappointment there because if he or she has too much of a sales quota, they're going to feel overburdened, overwhelmed. Yeah. That's going to be demotivating. They're going to think that's unreasonable, what have you, especially if they're at you know, 1.5 million, the next person in line's at 500 grand, what have you. Now, again, I want to say that carefully because it is a good thing to, to shoot for the moon for really high-performing individuals. But unless an organization, upper management, can't logically back into that number, well, then they're going to set themselves up for, for mutual disappointment. They're going to be upset that, that potentially the individual didn't hit it, and the individual is going to be confused why that number exists. Got it. Yeah. So how they choose individual quotas, the, the quota of the organization, um, the logic has to be there because nobody else buys in. That's and right. And that can demotivate them pretty quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the upper management really needs to needs to focus in on what, what that sales leader or that team leader or what have yeah. you that's in the trenches with those individuals that can provide a real 
tangible evidence on what the number should or should not be based on XYZ. Those things could be, you know, changes in their accounts. There could, I mean, Lord knows there's mergers and acquisitions every day. An account yeah. can disappear overnight. Well, if an account disappears overnight, then if you expect them to grow your business 10x with that account, you're, you're not speaking the same language. Right. You're right. missing something. They're like, sorry, They're you're like, not in the Did trenches. you not see the news? You don't get it. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. your quota is never going to be hit. That's so right. I'm going to disengage now. <laughs> right. You, okay. you nailed it. Right. So upper management having a, a good effect on sales culture, man, if they can represent – you know, uh, if your upper management, for instance, get, get, wants to get involved in an opportunity with you because he or she might have some some previous, uh, you know, uh, sales experience, or maybe there's a, a really important key account they're bringing in and they want to get involved with you. What a tremendous feeling that is for the salesperson to get involved in that deal with you. Yeah. Because then they feel this teaming environment with somebody that's either their boss or their boss's boss or what have you. And that's something that you're going to only – you should only expect incredible you know, efforts in. You know, yeah. So, so just getting involved in, in that level of engagement. I, I used the example early on about how you know Derek would engage uh, actively or follow up and things like that. But take that a step further, and them trying to go business development together. Man, you're you're really you're really tuning up the way that your perform your salesperson is going to react. Yeah, I mean, I know if I'm in an organization and I report to a manager, but then somebody in the next year, let's say the founder of the company has 20 years of experience, mm. and he says, "Hey, Josh, um, today we're going to go out and we're going to do this together, yeah. and and I'm going to help you close some deals, and I'm going to lead, and you're just going to observe, right? You're yeah, gonna, you're going to learn some tactics. We're going to do a debrief. Yep. I'm not even going to put you on the spot. You're you're not going." Going out to sell so that I can audit you and right. tell you what you did bad. Yeah. You're going out to, to listen to me. And by the way, you're going to get the deal anyway. Yeah. Right? So it's your deal. Right. But you're going to get to listen to me close and you're going to hear the tips and tricks. I'm going to be like, oh, that's, tell a, me you wouldn't jump that's that. an experience. Right. right? You would so absolutely. again, like what we talked about at the beginning, like there's ways that that can come across as really bad. There's ways that that can be good. Right. The person yeah. coming in for me to learn from them versus, you know, this upper management person I don't spend any day with auditing how yeah. I'm selling. Yeah. Like I'm probably actually going to do worse in front of the client. That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, know. I, I know I've had that in certain organizations, you know, the flip side of what you're talking about is I was in an organization where we had this manager come down on high. This wasn't in a sales organization. I didn't know the guy, never met him, but apparently he's like the boss's boss's boss. Sure. Right. right. Like, I don't know who you are. It's a thousand person company. Right. Yeah. And he comes down and he starts talking to everybody and telling us, what we're going to do and, you know, trying to, I don't know, I don't know what the situation was that made him come down. But the first thing I thought was, who are you? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know you. You've never, you've never come down to talk to me. You've never helped me. I don't even know your name. Mm. Like, and, and at the point I was pretty young. So uh, it's uh, a good thing that, um, I didn't say anything wrong. Like, like who the hell are you? <laughs> you know? yeah. I was smart Who's enough to not say anything, but yeah. in my back of my mind, I mean, I'm sure there was some thoughts like that going yeah. on. Um, so yeah, so going, hmm. you know, engaging before those situations from upper management shows that they're bought in, right? Yes, they're exactly. actually interested in you, even though you don't directly report to them. I, I think that's exactly right. They want to know that when they jump at an opportunity to, to well, I should say, if they have a chance 
to jump in an opportunity like that, like the one that we talked about, you know, with, with you. If they if, if they have an opportunity to do that, they want to know that that you would feel the same way. That, yeah. that you would that you would, you know, enjoy and genuinely engage with them to, to increase the chances of of them just being successful. Yeah. You it's know? not the police car following you, Mom. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Micromanaging model. Right. right. You know. And look, I mean, there's a lot of corporate enterprise out there where where you know the bosses, bosses, but that might not be that might not be feasible because of yeah. a lot of different reasons. But upper management, whatever that looks like, them taking a genuine appreciation, a genuine interest, and taking it one step further, and potentially even getting in the trenches with the salesmen and the sales team leaders. Yeah, man, that that's going to make an enormous difference in the way that they perform long term for you because they're going to know that you're in it with them, not just in it to watch them. Yeah, well, I know just, uh, you know, not as an upper management type leader, but in being in the trenches with salespeople, my own salespeople in past organizations I've had, you know, it really resonates when I will sit down and bang out the 60 calls. Yeah. Right. So I'm telling them they need to make 60 calls. And I've had people that challenge that. Well, you can't make 60 calls in a day. Yeah. And I'm like, 60 calls in a day. That's a, that's a one hour walk in the park. And I start banging them out. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this person will do it. Yeah. They can do it. They know what they're talking about. And I think in, in the right context, in the right situation Uh where you're not trying to prove something right in a more genuine, aspect, you know, uh, a natural way of doing it, you're getting buy-in. That's right. So the more you get, the more you see that from an upper management, you know, you're getting even more buy-in than just your manager doing it. Yeah. That's such a, I agree with you. You just, you just nailed it. And and that's a perfect way. It's a perfect takeaway for the organizations and the leaders that are out there right now. You know, if you're sitting behind a desk and you're looking at numbers and you're looking at the previous month's numbers and you're saying A, B, C, D, did good, this person's an F, this person's that, and then you go explain what that is, you're not doing you're not doing much. But if you are the kind of upper management, you know, or if you're in the kind of upper management that wants to get genuinely engaged with your salespeople in opportunities and you're willing to show them your business development efforts yeah. along with them, or if you're willing to take them under your wing along for the ride to see how you do it as a seasoned veteran, there is no better training. There is no better experience for that salesperson to grow than by you doing that. Yeah. I love that. The one takeaway I got from the sentence you just had was if you're upper management and all you do is look at the numbers and take it to the next person to tell that manager what is or isn't being done, you're not doing much. No, you're a robot. <laughs> you're a robot. A robot can do I mean, that. There's a and lot does of do that. that. There's yeah. a lot of that happening. There's tons. Right? There's so tons. getting in the trenches makes all the difference. And make sure that – and for those that do that, <laughs> understand there are robots out there that do that. <laughs> right. You need to bring more of a value. You yeah. than that. We're going to come help you replace uh, you with your BI system. <laughs> That's and exactly. Give you some dashboards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Awesome. Well, that was a great takeaway that should wrap us up. You know, get if you want to motivate, if you want to build a, uh, if you want to have an upper management that really affects the sales culture, get in the trenches, let people know you care, look at the impact, mm. you know, make sure that uh, the quotas make sense and, yep. and go get the team buy in. Yep. That's it, Josh. You nailed it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Founder Scale Sales Leadership Podcast. If you enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening platform.